This is Market Insights, the Market Pulse podcast by Oanda. I'm Johnny Hart. Let's talk to Craig Earlham, Senior Market Analyst for Oanda. Good morning, Craig. Good morning, Johnny. We've had the latest China PMI numbers and they have risen to their highest figure in over two years. Yeah, that's the services PMI, and it's the services PMI that covers primarily small and medium-sized enterprises. So it tends to give you a real insight into the underlying strength in the economy, ultimately. And it's a very contrasting picture, I guess, with the manufacturing PMIs that we've seen recently, because we are effectively seeing a bit of a manufacturing recession around the world. That has led to concerns about what that ultimately means for demand and the economy as a whole. But what we're seeing more broadly is still strong services readings and we've seen that again from China overnight and what makes this one all the more important as well is the fact that China is recovering from its zero COVID transition and this very much supports the view that what we're seeing is a recovery driven by domestic demand uh, and driven by consumer spending household spending so I think this is a really encouraging figure like you say jumping 57.8 from 55 it was expected to stay at 55 So I think it's really encouraging from a domestic demand perspective, and this could just be the thing that is the engine of growth as part of the recovery. There's going to be supplementary measures. We've seen big property spend in the early part of the year, and we might see other helping hands, I guess, throughout the year, maybe rate cuts here and there, but probably not to the same extent as anticipated at the start of the year. But the consumer seems to be still relatively strong. It may be a bit of a stuttery beginning, but... The data that we're seeing suggests that the consumer is strong and willing, and you can see that reflected in the services PMI this morning. Meanwhile, overnight, we had a surprise decision from the Reserve Bank of India, which has held its key repo rate after six consecutive hikes, saying it was closely monitoring the effect of recent global financial turbulence. And we've talked a lot about that over the last couple of weeks, centred around the uh, banking crisis i suppose the big question is is this a precursor to other global central banks decisions yeah i think you've hit the nail on the head there johnny i think this could be a sign that central banks more broadly are thinking this way a lot of them are really close to or at the end of their tightening cycle so we saw for example the reserve bank of australia last week took a similar stance they decided to pause their tightening cycle even though they were leading the way in terms of or at least giving the impression that they were going to maybe tighten again they left the door slightly ajar but it was much much more of a dovish move from the rba and we've seen similar from the rbi overnight now the reserve bank of new zealand last week they did something different they raised rates by 50 basis points but unfortunately for them they have a very different problem on their hands they have much higher inflation and an extremely tight labor market so they have very little choice but to continue tightening and the ecb is in a similarish position as well because it was so far behind the curve but what this is, is this is a sign that maybe we should expect less from the Federal Reserve and the Bank of England, both of which are really close to the end of their tightening cycles, both of which have the inflation still above target, both of which are expecting inflation to fall quite sharply over the course of this year, and therefore maybe have the scope to at least pause for now and see what the ramifications of that banking turmoil is, what impact it's had more permanently on credit conditions in the market, and therefore how much of their job has been done and therefore how much they need to do in future, which may be nothing at all. In fact, markets, for example, at this point are indicating that the Fed probably won't raise rates again, and then will cut rates by three or four times by the end of the year. I think that was one of the most interesting takeaways from the RBI 
overnight not just the fact that of course they still have inflation to get down and there was language towards that but just the fact that they are taking these financial instability concerns seriously and that's uh, been a factor in their decision to not raise interest rates we'll perhaps have another clue tomorrow as to what the forward guidance is going to be on increasing interest rates when we hear about the latest non-farm payroll figures from the United States, the jobs numbers, of course. What are markets expecting tomorrow? So the markets are expecting a modest payroll report. So around 236,000 is what they're expecting. That'll be down from 311 last month. What I would say with that, though, to be quite honest, is these forecasts have been largely nowhere near where the actual number is. There's been big revisions to past data as well. So we should take that with a pinch of salt. The average hourly earnings is going to be a key part because that's where the kind of more permanent inflationary pressures are going to show up. And we have seen that subsiding more broadly over time. So further indications that that is coming down to a more sustainable level in line with a 2% inflation target. That will be very welcome as well. Uh, but we need to see start to see signs soon of the labour market, not necessarily weakening, but just less hot uh, and, and maybe a little bit of slack appearing. I don't think it's going to come this month, to be quite honest. I think this is something that's going to come later in the second quarter. But when we look at what we've had earlier this week, and that's what's put much more emphasis on this jobs report again on Friday, is that Jolt's data earlier in the week, Jolt's job opening, so basically new, newly created jobs, it slipped to 9.93 million from 10.56 million the month before. It was the lowest reading that we've had, if I'm not mistaken, in around a year, a year and a half. It's still well above pre-pandemic levels, but it's heading in the right direction and it's heading in the right direction quite sharply at least it did in the most recent month so that's a sign that employers are hiring less and hiring less tends to proceed especially during a downturn layoffs and we've already had big layoff announcements though we've had big layoff announcements from banks from tech and from a number of other firms as well and that will start to come through in things like the jobless claims figures we get jobless claims data today it will start to come through in the non-farm payrolls figures but it may just be that it's later on in the quarter going into the third quarter rather than i think now maybe still a little bit too soon but we should be aware there is potential there for a surprise we did get the adp number on wednesday broadly speaking we just disregard the adp number it's never been a good estimate of what the final non-farm payrolls number is going to be and since the kind of recalibration of it last year it tends to undershoot quite a lot and again these are very unpredictable times so you can't even really take that with uh, too seriously if we do get a relatively modest jobs report i think that's going to be seen as a positive and i think that's going to help aid this view that we, we're not going to see any more interest rate hikes another thing i think which is really important to point out is it's a bank holiday in many countries tomorrow and that means we're going to see less liquidity lower volumes around a major economic release the jobs report is arguably the biggest economic release we get each month and it's being released when it's a bank holiday in so many different countries that could have an impact in terms of what the market reaction to it is how volatile the reaction to it is so i would point that out because i'm not aware of a time when i can think that the u.s jobs report in all the time i've been doing this i can't think of a time when the u.s jobs report has been released in such an illiquid market uh, or potentially a liquid market so i think that's potentially one thing that's going to have a role to play in how the markets ultimately respond to it and not just a bank holiday on Friday, Craig, there'll be one on Monday as well. So there's going to be a long gap between those figures. It'll certainly be interesting to see what happens when markets open on Tuesday. Enjoy the long bank holiday weekend. Thank you. You too. Market Insights, the Market Pulse podcast. 